Bat Force Radio. Bat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? This is how it happened. This is how the Batman died. This is Jervis Tetch with Gotham's Haberdashery, home of Gotham's finest hats and men's clothing. Come on in for a fitting. We guarantee our hats will blow your mind. Hey everyone and welcome back to Bat Force Radio, a Batman talk show podcast dedicated to everything Dark Knight from a group of tight-knit friends from around the world. Um, Today we are going to break down the next-gen video game, Batman Arkham Knight. We have Wes McDuck, aka Arkham Inmate 0801, the Bat Force Arkham Specialist in the building to uh, talk about everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly with this groundbreaking video game. So let's get into it. Big West, man, let me tell you, this is the resident Arkham specialist, man. I don't think anyone <laughs> on the freaking planet plays these games as much as you or knows about them as much as you because, yeah, you're like the perfect cross between a gamer and a hardcore Batman fan. Right. So, that, so that's, <laughs> that's really awesome. So you, you were playing all night last night, you said? Oh, yeah, man. I, I was I'm still playing all night. I, I'm still <laughs> You're still playing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. I still keep going, trying to, to beat my challenge map scores and stuff, and uh, it, it drives me nuts. I've I've got into the top thirty on on two of the combat maps, the the Gotham Knight and the uh, the Tower Defense one. I've got into top thirty on those, nice. um, so I'm still trying to to get up. I'd love to be able to get into top ten, but. It's going to be hard because, especially since some of them you can obviously tell have been hacks to get yeah. higher scores and stuff. I, I think I told you that one Predator map that has like a three second is like the first place one, which is impossible. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Wow. So you rank 30 in the world right now? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Right now on Gotham and, Knights and Tower Defense. And, yeah, that, and that's with your eyes that. closed, right? <laughs> yeah, this is my eyes closed. I'm gonna have to try it with my eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick for the listeners who might be new to the games. Uh, one, uh, this is uh, this sport. There's gonna be spoilers throughout this episode, so you know you might yeah, want to yeah. play before because we're just gonna go. We're gonna gut out the whole game, go through all of it. Um, and for those of you who might not care too much but want to learn about it, basically we're gonna, we're talking about Arkham Knight, which is um. The third installment from Rocksteady's Batman video game universe. It started Arkham Asylum, then Arkham City, and then um, Arkham Knight was reserved for PlayStation 4 because it's just a massive amount of next-gen graphics and gameplay and everything. So that's what we're going to be reviewing tonight. Um, Hey, Wes, want to talk about... um Rocksteady's development for this game and like get into the, the huge anticipation for it. Like How far in advance... Because I, I don't remember how far in advance did they 
um, announce it before it was actually released. Do you remember? A long time. I would say we had a good uh, two years or close to two years uh, announcement before it came out because I was really surprised they decided to announce Arkham Knight about three to four months in the release for Origins. Right. Uh, it wasn't very long into it. I expected them to wait a lot longer and of course, when they announced it originally, they gave it the, the release date of October 2014, which that got changed quite often. Right. But, but uh, yeah, that, they announced it only about three to four months into Origins. So. Right. Now, there was so much hype behind this game. The trailers, oh. the tear-jerking trailers. And, yeah, they were amazing. <laughs> and it was so cinematic. You guys should definitely YouTube Arkham Knight trailers just to see how... Uh, how you know great it was just heavy it was and uh the big thing about it was the batmobile this is the first time on generation of consoles that we were able to roam gotham city in a batmobile you know and uh while while you're talking about the trailers i want to touch on too which i'm hoping maybe they might show up in some in some footage later on but like uh I, I went back and watched some of the trailers a few weeks ago, and uh, during the trailer, there's actually a point where it goes to, uh, it shows Alfred in the Batcave, right. uh, opening up uh, the, the bat suit coming out of the like, pod thing that he takes it out of, and, and that was never in the game, so I don't know if it was something they canceled or if it'll show up in a later DLC, but I thought that was interesting, mm. that uh, they had that clip in there that never showed up in the game. The trailers for these video games were just so amazing. Uh, even going back to um, Arkham Origins, which was developed by uh, Warner Brothers Montreal, right? Is that the yeah? Mm -hmm. All right, so that they they were a different company that did Arkham Origins, which was not part of the Arkham trilogy that Rocksteady did, but it was still kind of in in the same ballpark. And they had the trailer. The trailer they did was really heavy, showing a young Bruce Wayne. Just the, the evolution of his face is growing up and how he lost his parents to training to become Batman. And that was just really heavy. And then um, going to Rocksteady's uh, trailer, well, my favorite trailer anyway, is the one where we hear Thomas Wayne, which is Bruce Wayne's father, in his head or in the background. Um, it, it was his last will and testament in case of in case of his untimely demise, where he was guiding Bruce Wayne into hope, hoping he would become a better man and use the, his wealth and fortune and resources to do good for Gotham. And then you just see Batman, you just see Bruce Wayne getting dressed up as Batman and getting ready to just freaking launch into the city and just you know do battle with all of Gotham's you know worst and whatnot. So definitely, yeah, those, those right, trailers yeah. are alone were just so amazing. Yeah, you know? I mean it really got you amped up for the for the release of the game and uh, you know uh, I liked how they kind of incorporated into the trailer when he goes in and he actually starts fighting all the thugs and stuff that he was literally doing moves that you could do in the game like you could see him do the cape stun and and you know all this stuff so i was glad that they stuck with him doing maneuvers you could actually use in the gameplay too that really hyped it up for me as well right uh, and yeah it was just a, a really really good trailer uh that i felt like uh, summed up uh you know what uh, Bruce feels uh, why he's being Batman and, and doing his mission and stuff and it was great and and like you were saying the origins trailer where it shows him growing up that'll always be a favorite of mine too it was really well done they really um, incorporated Thomas Wayne and just hearing his voice gave me chills because you know oh yeah we actually don't you know hear about him you know you have Alfred and Commissioner Gordon, who are like stones, you know, rocks in Batman's universe, his support system. 
But right. you know, being that his father is not alive anymore, but just hearing his the the person you know portraying his voice, it just does so much. If you could feel the presence of his father there, and yeah. I think that's another driving point for Batman, which uh, which I like. Yeah, you know, I really like the way they did that. Um, so basically, there was a lot. There was so much hype and anticipation for this game. This was the first Bat Batman game on next gen PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, right? The final installment for the trilogy. So, this was, you know, this is how they were going to end it off. Paul Dini didn't write this one. Um, Paul Dini wrote the first two, which is Arkham Well, Arkham Asylum was kind of based on Grant Morrison's classic um, story of the same title with a Paul Dini right. spin. So, Paul Dini wrote the story, or, you know, to tweak it to make it um, work for a video game story for Arkham Asylum. Then, Paul Dini wrote Arkham City. But they didn't uh, call him back. Rocksteady didn't call him back to um, do Arkham Knight. And that was kind of a bummer. Um, Because for anyone who doesn't know at home, Paul Dini is the guy who wrote just about all the Batman, the animated series stories. Those, you know, those classic timeless pieces. So he's just, and and he's done a lot of Batman comic book work and so on and so forth. So he's, he's the guy, he's, he's one of the big writers in Batman's history. So then we launched into uh, Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight was released june of 2015 this year and um let's talk about gotham city for, for those who played arkham asylum and arkham city arkham asylum some people would say it feels very claustrophobic now because it's it's, it's a lot smaller than the other two uh yeah. worlds even though it's an, an amazing game and then you know we yeah. went into arkham city where we you know it was arkham city it was now we have more roaming space and skyscrapers and, and all this stuff but with Arkham Knight, we had Gotham City, and it was just it's it, it's just massive. What do you what do you think, Wes, about how they they really put that together? I mean, it, it, it's beautifully done. I mean, I mean that's what I've always appreciated uh, with Rocksteady's work uh, is their appreciation and attention to detail. Right. Because to them, Gotham City is just as essential to the storytelling of the game as Batman or any of his rogues are. Right. Um, so they they've always wanted to give a, a beautiful landscape and background. Going back to even Arkham Asylum, uh, right. just how gothic and and dark that game was uh but yet how you could always see you know gotham skyline in the back and uh how well they even just did um creating gotham city in our in arkham asylum it, it just made you want to be able to venture out and go into the city yeah. um which i think built the anticipation up even more for when we would finally get to um but uh, I loved how they uh, sectioned it off and how you had more of like the the slum sections, you know, right. uh, like in Founders Island, underneath the island, you've got kind of like old Gotham and, and mm-hmm. the slums and everything and, and Chinatown. And, yeah, I Chinatown. Mean, they, did, they did an amazing job with Chinatown and the attention to detail with the cherry blossoms and the... The Oriental yeah. architecture and just uh, yeah, they they really went to town. That, that's one uh, one of the, my favorite things about Rocksteady's universe and their video games is that you could just sometimes you just feel like gliding and running and driving through the city and their environments and just looking for things or Easter eggs. Every there's so much attention to detail. It really is a a work of art the way they put it all together. It is, yeah, yeah, it, it is, and and uh, you know how they always incorporate the the stuff in there for the fans, you know, and and it, it does make you want to go out, and I think that's why there's so much replay value in these games because you just know every time you go out, and if you're going to go flying around the city, you're probably going to find something you didn't see the other ten times you played, right, and. 
Uh, and that's one of the big reasons I keep going back to it. And, and like you were saying, I'll, I'll just glide around sometimes and, and look at the city or go down and try and find some more Easter eggs. And, and many times I have found things that I didn't see right. the yeah. other 50 times. Even in the same spots, I'm, I feel like I'm just always looking in the same place. You feel like there's just something that's supposed to be there because everything looks like it it could morph into something else with, you know, with the walls and the texture and the colors and, uh, and everything. And I I really love that. I even love what they did with, um, I guess it's that area where they're, where they're building out. There's a lot of skyscrapers of modern architecture. And what what was it called? Gotham's future or the future of Gotham or something like that. I think it was a bug. Yeah. Yeah. Seemed like, uh, over in, uh, Founders, uh, LexCorp was really prevalent because it seemed like they were coming into Gotham and Luthor obviously is trying to uh, expand and, and uh, add uh, some of his uh, buildings and some stuff into Gotham City, which you even hear from a message in the game where he's calling trying to buy uh, the R&D department from uh, Bruce and stuff. And uh, right. I thought that was other cool, unique stuff they did where like certain part of the islands you go, you can tell this is like the richer areas uh, of Gotham and then some parts more like slums and, and everything like that. Uh, and that's what was really bittersweet about it for me was just, you know, this is the first time we've got to see Gotham. I mean, we got the whole Gotham City and Origins, but, you know, and as much as I loved Origins, they just didn't hit that detail that Rocksteady does. Right. Mm. Uh, I just, I would love to be able to get another game where we can just be in Gotham City again, like this one. Oh, definitely. And the way they created it, applied this to Arkham City, but if you look at um, Gotham in Arkham Knight, you could see a lot of, this, well, obviously a ton of, I'm from New York, so I could see a ton of New York influence. I see a lot of definitely. influence from London, I see some Parisian influence as well. And when you go to Panessa Studios um, with the palm trees and the way it's designed, that's like something of um, a Los Angeles slash West Coast influence, I could tell. Almost similar yeah. with the way that uh, Nolan did The Dark Knight Rises, where they, they filmed some of this in L.A., some of this in Chicago, some of this in Philly, and then the, the big chunk of it in New York. You know, it's just it's like um, a hodgepodge of a, a concoction of cities in one, trying to make this ultimate ideal fictional city that you know when you think of city you think of all these elements and i thought that was cool too i could yeah i could just glide around with it glide, glide around gotham all day in arkham knight it's just it's that attractive oh, um, anyone who's a batman fan um will eventually at some point in their life play this game even, even if they haven't played it yet and you know when you guys do roam this environment in the game you'll understand what we're talking about it's just you know it's just brilliant the way they did it you know and and one of the best things i like is how you know you could go high on skyscrapers and over the buildings or you could be on the ground or you could be underground it's almost like there's so many layers of the city but you never lose detail which you know in terms of whichever layer you're on and i you know there's just so much depth for me when 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 going through those things but um yeah but we're, we're gonna glide. Let's let's hit the story of the game, which is the big thing. And now we oh, we, yeah. we, <laughs> we we spoke <laughs> about this before. And uh, oh man, was it you? I forgot. Was it you that told me or someone else where we feel like Paul Dini wrote the first half of the story, then the second half was like given to an <laughs> yeah. intern or something? <laughs> like, Definitely, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so me and Wes here, we agree that um. It start the story for the game started off really strong and then kind of just 
plummets. But you know, this is a, this is yeah. this episode has spoilers, so we could just you know get right into it. Um, how how does, how does it start? Um, uh, Scarecrow pretty much locks out the city, right? Right, right, yeah. I mean, well, we start out, of course, with the uh, the Joker being incinerated right, uh, yeah. right at the start of it, and then we go into, uh, you know, Gordon's monologue about how the Batman died, and uh, yeah. it kind of goes into, yeah, it shows uh, the diner, and um, where you're playing as this police officer, which that was unique, and I, I really loved how they did that. Uh, it was very different. You were finally getting to see the game through through just a normal citizen's eyes, not right. just Batman. Um, and then, you know, the chaos breaks loose and the and the, the gas is released in the diner, and it was just amazing how dark and violent it was. Uh, you yeah. know, you see like, demon-faced monsters, and they're, like, beating people's heads off the ground, and yeah. just really graphic and violent. It's like the, uh, it was like something out of The Walking Dead, almost. It was, yeah, yeah. it really was. And uh, it was something that the other two games were lacking in a sense that, that I had always wanted. I always wanted a mature Batman game. Like, like I've always wanted a mature Batman comic where there's kind of no limitations on what they could do. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel like Batman's a detective. He lives in that dark world of, of murder and uh, investigations and stuff like that. So I think they need to be able to go pretty dark with it to give it a true Batman feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that's how we were starting out. Is uh, then after the scarecrow gas breaks out, you know, we see uh, we come in as Batman looking over the city, and then it takes us in from there, which which I really did love that. Scarecrow, he released a little bit of the sphere toxin. People went nuts. They evacuated the city, Gotham City, and uh, now Batman's here trying to figure out what's going on. Um, the scarecrow has called in this advanced militia led by the Arkham Knight. Which looks like a mm-hmm. who the guy in the suit looks like a robotic Batman, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. The point is, my girl Poison Ivy, I love her role in it. She, Batman meet uh meets up with her because she was one of the few who did not want to join. No, she was the only one who did not want to join in on Scarecrow's coalition to you know go against Batman and take over Gotham and whatnot. So, so right, that, which. I loved how they did that. That uh, her role in that game was probably one of my my favorite things about it, oh, and yeah. one of the things that they did really well because it made sense that she wouldn't want to be a part of his uh, his agenda and his plan, and she kind of has her own thing going on, and she's always worried about the, the the plant life and stuff above everything, even more so than killing Batman. So yeah. I thought it was really genius how they did that, and. And going back to, I, I, I'm going to add into some stuff that I feel like they should have done in certain parts that would have been better. And, and one of them, one of the things I would have preferred for the game to start out was uh, I kind of wish they would have done something in the way of Origins. Um, I would have rather have started as Batman in the cave uh, yeah. when the breakout happened. Uh, and him kind of seeing this as Bruce Wayne. Uh, starting out and having no clue what was going on, I, I thought that would have been a better way to start out as Batman, but uh, but it was still cool nonetheless. Scarecrow hired this militia led by the Arkham Knight to organize. Um, what was it the uh, the cloud burst or what? cloud burst? Yeah, right. The cloud burst, which is basically him launching this huge cloud of fear toxin over Gotham, which uh, fast forwarding a little, which was which he was successful in doing. And we, and that's where 
Batman calls in Poison Ivy for help. So she releases this um, timeless old plan, this massive plan from on the Gotham to just, you know, emerge and unearth itself and pretty much uh, absorb all the toxin, right? Is that what happened yeah yeah uh they were going to be able to uh combat it because ivy had this natural immunity to scarecrow's toxin uh which batman remembered and um it was really cool them doing that too because for the first time uh when he decides that he wants to get ivy's help you feel this sense of desperation from him that you don't feel normally he uh he knew that the only way he could do it was to align himself with one of his enemies like that you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing (laughs) um so that was really unique and uh it truly added to the sense of you didn't know what was going to happen like uh because batman's never had to get help from from anybody outside his you know bat family for anything so it definitely added this sense of desperation to it which right. which was great and much needed for the story it definitely. was good you know leading up to this part with the story was really good because for, for, i didn't know whether to trust ivy or not as well i thought that was really good right you know i did too i kept thinking that she was going to turn on us at some point i thought maybe that she was working with scarecrow secretly yeah and uh, she was using batman to unleash these plants in the city and was going to turn on him yeah. uh that's what I thought the whole way going through, but it was nice that she actually had a defining moment where she was kind of the, the big hero in a sense. Like she, uh, she saved Gotham, uh, whenever without her, you know, Batman couldn't have done it. So it kind of made her like the big hero of the story in a way, right. uh, which was really unique. Yeah. Now, before we get into what, this big thing with Ivy real quick. We just want to say that also what's going on up to this point is really interesting as well, which is uh, Batman has this Joker virus in him uh, where he's kind of turning into the Joker. He's starting to think like the Joker, act like the Joker, see things the way Joker sees them. And while this is happening, he's, I guess he's hallucinating. He's seeing Joker everywhere, everywhere he goes, whether it's on top of buildings or on the ground or inside buildings or whatever he's doing or, you know, going through vents, the Joker's there talking to him. And that, that's yeah. what he's seeing. And, and I, th- I think this is brilliant. I'm like, wow, he has brilliant. a virus in him that's turning him into the Joker. This is the duality, just like the killing joke where it's Batman, Joker, Batman, Joker, you know, both sides of the coin, the yin and the yang. Like, I thought that was really clever. And who knows where this is going to go? Is this, is this how he's going to die? Is this and that and with Scarecrow and who's the Arkham Knight and Ivy helping him? It's just uh, to this point, the story is so good. It's just building up and you're like, Oh my God, like, you know, this is amazing. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it was brilliant. And, and me as a Joker fan, I, I loved it because, you know, I, I never really thought about it until then, but this was the first time that we actually dealt with, uh, Batman having the Joker in his head, which which was just awesome. It created uh, for some awesome moments, and um, it's always been a, a big thing in the Batman universe on how what does Batman truly feel towards the Joker? You know, do, does he feel responsible for him? And and uh, you know, since the events of Arkham City ended, he almost seemed angry after the Joker died, like right. in Harley revenge he he comes in he saves the day and he's just like i'm done and he leaves and he's out of there he he doesn't want to talk to gordon which of course he was just as upset about losing talia but 
the fact that I think that uh, Joker didn't let him save him, and and uh, I think that that really affected his head, and and that he felt like he kind of uh, let let him down in a way. I, I've always felt like that Batman would like nothing more than to rehabilitate the Joker um, and bring him back to to just being normal and and getting him help and and stuff because. Knowing how Bruce works, I think he blames himself a little bit for the accident that occurred uh, creating the Joker and stuff. So uh, I thought it was interesting having him in his head. And and I love, too, in the game how when you're flying around and, like, even, like, billboard signs will, like, turn into the Joker. Like, uh, you know, they have those signs about, like, uh, skin cream or something, and it'll be this one. (laughs) <laughs> then you turn around and look at it and it's like the Joker. And, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite ones is where, um, uh, it's a, uh, sign for a jewelry store. And this guy's like <laughs> putting this diamond necklace around this woman. And then whenever you turn around, you see it and it's, uh, like Batman strangling the Joker <laughs> <laughs> with like a, a, uh, with like a Garrett or something <laughs> like that. It's hilarious. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite was super eerie was, a, a white statue of an angel and then when batman's looking away the joker's face is on the statue of that angel yeah but there's just so much <laughs> detail it's just so eerie i love it yeah and that was that was another thing that was really clever the way they did that where batman every time he looked away from something the joker's face would be right in the back of it like, that that was that was so great yeah, yeah, and uh, like even some of the Wayne Enterprises signs change, and it's like the Joker, and it says "Deranged Enterprises." <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, man. Yeah, that was... uh, I really liked how they how they did that, and uh, you know, with Joker sometimes scaring the crap out of you when you grapple up on the rooftops and stuff. That was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, one thing I like that they mentioned, which. Um, I didn't know, I forgot to ask you if you ever heard this part, but uh, whenever you go over at a point in the game, if you go over to the Ferris wheel, um, which is uh, it's, it's like some little amusement park. Yeah, off, by the water on the, the pier. Yeah, yeah, by the water. If you go over there, Joker's setting in a, I just got the idea because I was like, oh, it's an amusement park. I bet Joker will show up here. So <laughs> I went over there, and he's like setting in one of the uh, carriages on the um, – ferris wheel and something else he mentioned which kind of uh uh, explained you know how everybody was upset with the batmobile in this game and how militaristic it was and having the guns and all that well joker kind of says you know uh by the way love the new batmobile it's almost like an evil clown was in your ear uh telling you how to build it you know (laughs) as it goes so so it makes it seem like that uh joker kind of put the idea in bruce's head to add these guns and weapons to his batmobile and that's why it's you know so militaristic and everything right hey this is cult of the batman and you are listening to bat force radio keep your ear right here Alrighty. poison ivy saves gotham it really is one of the most i think it's just really one of the most breathtaking uh moments or scenes in in the history of gotham or the batman universe or whatever you want to call it the way i mean you really just have to see it because it's a it's a it's very visual it's very beautiful the way it happens and um yeah basically basically Ivy being attached to this massive plant that's absorbing the toxins that Scarecrow's released, she saves Gotham and gets rid of all of that. But in doing so, she dies. And um, the way she, I mean, the way the way it all happens, it was just so beautiful, unexpected at first too. 
Very like, unexpected and uh, a very, very sad moment and uh, very impactful that, you know, you know, Batman always, you know, she hated Gotham and that it was her, you know, she was just like any of his other villains trying to destroy the city and stuff. But it really came down. It was just all about the plants and stuff like that for her. And in the end, she gave her life to, to save the city. And uh, it just added a lot of depth and stuff to her character that's so never much. been done. Uh, me and Wes kind of agree as far after Ivy dies the story pretty much dies (laughs) (laughs) yeah the story died with her (laughs) it really did after we feel that after she died the story just went to like it just I mean just everything that they have done they did up to that point was just it was perfect like um, you know going into Ace and I I love that part Ace Chemicals is actually probably one of my favorite gameplay parts of the game Mm. Uh, just because I I liked um, the fight you're doing you know you get the Arkham Knight dropping in and introducing himself and kind of lets you know how much he knows about Batman and and that was really nice and uh, Scarecrow in in the chemical uh, down uh, where he's uh, trying to blow up that was awesome. His shadow inside of the, uh, you know. Yes, the, that was very Batman. You know, I um, yeah. I really like how you had to keep on rescuing people and driving them back to uh, Gordon and then going back in like a hostage situation. I really like yeah. how they did that. That was that was. I love that too. And then and then some of the hostages being dead too was was different because usually Batman saves everybody and uh, that was early on in the game and with them dying, you know, it it, it definitely set the tone for him that uh, this wasn't going to be so easy for him and and yeah. uh, and everything. So uh, that was just wonderful and it was just like you know the rest of the game. It's not that it wasn't good, but the Arkham series has been known for building up to this big huge impactful yeah. you know mind-blowing ending and uh this one just didn't have it it was very predictable and um i won't get into it now since we're working our way up to it but the the final ending didn't work very well for me either you yeah, know well, actually <laughs> let, let, let's go into that now actually um you know we, yeah, yeah like anyone playing the game it is a very fun game and you will have fun but we'll, mm-hmm. but we're just gonna pretty much pick apart the things that we feel really could have been improved with it. But overall, as far as entertainment, I mean, it's it's a game, yeah, definitely made for enjoyment. But but going into it, uh, well, we can even start in order. Um, uh, uh, we'll go to Arkham Knight, who is Jason Todd, and <laughs> well, for starters, it really sucked because. Rock said he said it was going to be somebody completely new, which I feel right. was just their way of making people stop guessing who it was or figuring it out, you know, so it's, right, it's almost impossible from, with Batman fans. It's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody from day one was like, and I mean, even me, like, I, I saw the teaser, I saw what he looked like, and I was like, Jason Todd, yeah. that's Jason Todd, like, the, the outfit was very, it just screamed Jason Todd, the, the helmet, even though it looked completely different from the Red Hood, and uh, they let out that he knew all this stuff about him. I was like, it has to be. And then, and then they come out, and they're like, oh, no, that he's going to be completely new, and we're <laughs> going to be introducing him into main continuity, and yeah. if we create a team with Jeff Johns. and So I'm like, okay. So then me, I go off making like five, six different theories <laughs> of who this guy is. They got like, you. I mean, yeah, like I started thinking, like, well, maybe it's M- Morgan Ducard, who was nobody, or maybe it's uh, 
uh, I really thought that it was going to be somebody, and I guess I hyped myself up wanting it to, to come out this way. I really thought he was going to be somebody that had to do with Hugo Strange. Like right. I thought, and I wanted for the ending of Arkham City, the Protocol 11, I wanted that to be something more. Like When he told the computer to activate Protocol 11, to me, it seemed like a contingency plan. And I was like, yeah, he blew up. That was to blow up under tower and stuff. But maybe it was to let this guy know that was an apprentice of his, that he failed. And it was his duty to, to kill Batman now. And, right. and that Arkham Knight would be Strange's idea of the perfect Batman, one that would kill and, and do the things that the regular Batman wouldn't. And uh, so it was just a real, real big letdown because I thought that they could have tied in all the games really well. Uh, having mm. it be bad or having it be like somebody that was like related to Dr. Young would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, Cause she has that picture on her desk in asylum where she's with a guy in like a military outfit. Right. So I got thinking too, I was like, well, maybe this is like her husband or somebody. It's, you know, <laughs> mad at Batman for, <laughs> for getting killed or something. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. uh, yeah. And, and they, uh, on the Jason Todd, uh, topic, they dropped a lot of hints in the game to where it's pretty much impossible for anybody that's a fan of Batman or especially someone like me that really likes Jason Todd as a character. Uh, Some of the comments he says, like at Ace Chemicals, when uh, he's, we have that helicopter battle with the cars and and stuff in there, the drones. I mean, uh, he says, you know, you haven't lost your touch, Batman, which is what Jason says to Batman and under the red hood. Right. and then when they started doing the Jason Todd flashbacks, it was very obvious that it was. <laughs> you know? No, in the end, Jason Todd uh, pretty much saves Batman from the Scarecrow in a very tight situation. Right. right. Um, but the whole freaking game, Jason Todd is assessing over how much he wants to kill Batman. <laughs> how much he right, wants to, you right. know, the whole game, we're playing this whole game, and all we hear is Arkham Knight voice, <laughs> I'm going to kill you, Batman. I'm going to take you back to where I was the whole game. And then he saves him from the Scarecrow. <laughs> no, that just, that's it. And yeah. going into that more, we don't even get to fight Scarecrow in the end. Nothing exactly. even happened. That was, that was horrible. Now they're like, oh, but... Scarecrow's not much of a combatant. Oh, you could have had him on that hovering device that he had when he was coming off the airship and make yeah. a boss fight like that. But no. Or the Scarecrow Nightmares. Everybody loved those from Arkham Asylum. Exactly. They were great and genius boss fights. I kept thinking, we're going to have Scarecrow boss fights in this, but they're going to be way more <laughs> like messed up and dark like the beginning of the game. I was like, I'm going to be fighting these demon things. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, like, that would have really been awesome. scary stuff you know they could have done really scary things with this uh with the graphics now that they had and uh mm. it just uh it was anticlimactic and like i was talking to you with my theory on jason todd like i will say this one thing that i commend them on and i do really like i loved jason todd's origin in this game it was so much better than the comics to me i i really truly think because uh, you didn't have an element of resurrection there, and it was more, it shows why he was as angry as he was, and uh, basically for anybody listening that 
doesn't know uh, or hasn't played it and heard the difference in the origin, uh, he uh, basically in the comics, as everybody knows, Jason Todd's killed by the Joker in, in the book called Death in the Family where he goes and he finds out that his mother is uh, alive that, that gave him up and he finds out where she is. And when he goes to reunite with her, she uh, gives him up to the Joker basically because uh, – He's been like extorting money from them there or something and, and knows that he's coming. So anyway, his mother gives him up and Joker effectively kills both of them. He beats Jason with a crowbar and blows up the building they're in, killing Jason and his mother. Uh, but in the game, uh, instead of doing all that, uh, Jason actually decides that he's tired of Batman not killing the Joker. They, they go, it's alluded to in a, in a story that you get from scanning a Riddler, uh, riddle in the game, uh, that Jason and Batman go to a kindergarten where they found that Joker is tortured and mutilated all these kindergartner kids. And, uh, Jason snaps and he sneaks out, doesn't let Batman know he's going after Joker. He goes to Arkham Asylum to kill him. Joker expects he's coming, sets up a trap, uh, and effectively keeps Jason underneath a abandoned wing of Arkham for a year, just torturing him. And uh, brand, he brands him with a J on the side of his face, and he beats him, and he keeps him. He has barbed wire wrapped around him uh, the whole time he's captive, and uh, you know, uh, then eventually sends Batman this recording of him torturing Jason, and and shows him shoot Jason. So Batman assumes he's dead and he never comes to look for him. But we end up finding out that Joker faked it and he never killed Jason. He just left him tied up down there, basically, I guess, to starve to death or die. Uh, and Jason ends up escaping. So I really love that origin. There was no, there was no resurrection involved. Um, and that's just really messed up. I mean, to imagine being tied up for a year, being beaten and, and tortured for a year straight, mm. I mean, that would drive you nuts. So, <laughs> yeah, clever how they yeah. kind of rehashed that whole, you know, origin yeah, I, story. I really totally preferred it. But to me, also in the end, like what you were saying, I felt like there should have been some justice for, um, Batman against Jason and that Batman still should have took him in because he still killed a lot of people and he did a lot of bad things and for Batman just to be like oh he's got issues I'm gonna let him go and uh you know not to try and rehabilitate him um the whole thing at the end with Bruce supposedly giving up Batman and stuff doesn't make sense to me either because he would want to be there for Jason too right uh, to rehabilitate him and and to get him back on the right track and if he just banishes and nobody knows where he is then he's kind of abandoned jason again but the, one of the biggest complaints that we've had in a lot of um actually people who answered uh, uh the question today on the, the bat force feed was that yeah one of the well, one of the biggest gripes was that there was no boss fights and i'd have yeah. to concur with that that I've got into arguments with some guys, you know, and they'll say, oh, well, there was boss fights in it. And I'm like, well, the stuff in the cars to me and stuff isn't really boss fights. Like, no, in Asylum, yeah, in Asylum and City, every boss required a different strategy to beat. Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, you, you had Freeze, which was amazing boss fight. You had to change your tactics every time you went at right. him. And in this one, it just... And, you know, to have no final boss fight at all, like... That was rough. I mean, all right, it was cool when Gotham City Police Department was under attack by militia forces and 
you know, yeah, the, was... the building shaking and you got to get out and get back in and, you know, and take out, you know, this whole militia right outside the precinct. That was that was pretty cool. But I mean, to end it like that as a boss fight really left me like, uh, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know, just right. right. You know, I mean, boss fights really make the game. If you think about it, you know, you have the story and then the boss fights are like the, the bullet points in the game, you know. Right. And when yeah. you don't have those, you feel like something's missing. But, um... Yeah, and um, that, that's what I was saying too. And like uh, another part I really loved, but it wasn't a good way to end it, was I really loved when we got to be the Joker when like Bruce is like finally starting to lose himself and, and turn into the Joker. Uh, um, I loved that part, but it wasn't a way to end it. I mean, really, the last thing you do in the game is you shoot a couple, you shoot Penguin, Two Face, and Riddler, and <laughs> that then, was pretty uh, fun. Though. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was really fun, especially shooting Riddler's dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he have a hostage or something? The Riddler. Yeah, he had a hostage. <laughs> I just always shoot the hostage, and it shoots him too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it, and. But uh, that part was awesome. But just, you know, having no fight at the end was stupid. And Yeah, actually um, touching up on this Joker thing, with, uh, another thing I didn't like about the story is how, go what we're just talking about right now, where Batman beats the Joker virus. It's like he outthinks it. And I said, mm-hmm. and that's like saying, you know, you outthink HIV or something. You know, you just, it's like you, don't, you can't outthink a virus. How the fuck yeah. are you going to wrap it up like that? I mean, uh, right. and, and then... In the end, everyone, the whole, you know, everyone knew Bruce Wayne, Batman's identity is Bruce Wayne. And to me, that's always the biggest no-no. In, right. You know, nobody right. knows Batman's identity. That It's just, it was weird because when you're playing the game after everything happens, the protocol, whatever, and then, you know, when you can hear the thugs on the street level with the radio and, you know, they're having their conversations and they're all talking about Batman being Bruce Wayne. And it, it just didn't feel right. You know, you don't, nobody knows. It's just something you don't do. I I would have preferred him actually dying than everyone knowing who he was under the mask. You know, if you think. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And um, I understand, like, I don't understand why they did it, but I understand their way of thinking. And like when Bruce beat the Joker virus or whatever, they were trying to get across, you know, how Bruce has this iron will and he won't let anything compromise who he is and his morals and beliefs. But when it's a virus, you can't do that. It's not like if he was under mind control or something, fine. Exactly. But uh, this is a virus that's infecting his whole entire body. body, it, It just felt like, all the major points of the game that from the beginning you're trying to stop from happening just blow up in your face and they're like not even important. Right. Like Arkham Knight's a big thing. He just vanishes. Scarecrow's a big thing. We don't even fight him. We just overcome it. The Joker virus, which was the biggest threat I felt like that was looming over Batman's head, we just beat it, you know? I mean, like it's stupid. I felt like what they should have done was and it, I would have preferred it as everybody finding out that Bruce is Batman. Like, have Batman beat Scarecrow, still have the Joker virus, and then just have him have to, you know, end up getting, killing himself or something to save the city. Like, maybe he starts to turn into the Joker and lose his sanity, and as opposed to doing that some way, he goes out, you know. Right. Uh, like, they could have had some bomb going off or something, and he would make sure and take scarecrow into that or something and sacrifice himself for his city. And, uh, effectively, um, it would have fit the tones better for Arkham Knight. Cause I felt like the tone from the previews and, uh, 
trailers and stuff was always about family and having faith in your family. And his family is Nightwing, Oracle, uh, Tim Drake, all them. And I felt like they should have ended it in a way where he's kind of like, I'm going to give my life or um, something to that effect. And I, I trust you guys to take care of the city. I trust you all to handle everything. Like, yeah, It would have definitely have made a, a better ending than people knowing who he was. Right, right. Like, of course, I don't want there to never, like, Bruce to die or anything like that, but it would have been better than what happened, um, definitely, by far. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think Jason's whole part coming back around and helping him, that kind of defeated the whole purpose of the game, too. And, yeah, that it, it felt like they just had to wrap it up in two minutes, and they're like, hey, right. intern, come over here, finish this story. Cause, <laughs> right, and that's a problem Rocksteady's always had. I mean, even... Uh, at the ending of Arkham City, um, all the stuff that they, the big points that were loomed over our head never came to pass. Like even in Arkham City, Strange knows Batman's identity and he never once used it against him. Like Mm -hmm. there was never any threat that he was going to tell the world he was Bruce and we never had any fight with Hugo Strange. Like I was hoping we would fight him and like with him being in a bat suit or something. (laughs) Like, you know, like, like like in Prey. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. right, right. And uh, it just seems like, uh, you know, they're, they've they always built up to something that you think is going to happen, and then it just never comes to pass. And and um, But that was the, my main problems with Arkham Knight and stuff. And, Let's go into some good, thi- good things about it as well. Um, the, si- yeah. the side missions. Um, <clears throat> let's start with um, Professor Pig. This was this was great. That that was actually a boss mm-hmm. fight. I think that was a could count it as was. a boss fight. Oh, uh, that's something else they did in this game was it was like um, in the main campaign, it was very central, and it seemed like all the other villains were in side missions. Uh, whereas in the other games, you know, you had a couple different villains impacting the main campaign that you would pass through on your way, um, but they were all forced to the side as side missions, and uh, hmm. that was unique and different um, to where you could go and take them on. And uh, I was very happy and surprised that they used Pig, and and I was very glad he was in the game. That P- was Pig awesome. is definitely to me now. The creepiest rogue in Batman's lineup. <laughs> he, is, he is a creepy. And you're fight. You're 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 discovering uh, dead bodies hanging all over Gotham City, and you're investigating them with, you know, scanning scanning the bones and the muscle tissue and everything, and trying to get some IDs and link it all together. Then you also also you could find where his location is um, in a beauty parlor doll beauty yeah parlor? pretty dolls parlor right. which he, he has in the comics too and it's uh, so eerie and creepy and well done and it's like pink like glowing there's a glowing pink neon sign you go in, you go underneath <laughs> and then you're just you're fight you're fighting his dolls you know that his yeah his, the people he's he effectively uh he effectively took over zaz's position as the creepiest character in the arkham oh yeah series. oh zaz sure. was so good in arkham city though with the with the phone calls this was oh um, yeah yeah those were awesome and then uh, rocksteady now let, i told you this before the game was released a while ago i said how cool would it be i i believe i did i was like how cool would it be if man bat was in a game and you had to oh, like yeah. 
yeah. you had to fly to get him. Like fly. I was like, oh, it'll never happen, though, bro. <laughs> like, I know that's what I was thinking. He he was one of the only rogues never teased in any of the other games. Uh, right. You know, they even mentioned Prometheus, which I, is a villain I love, but he's also primarily a Green Arrow villain mostly. Uh, so I was surprised they teased him in Asylum and not Man Bat. But it was a wonderful surprise uh, when he scares the shit out of. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and, and this part is amazing because you have to glide over gotham city and chase him and land on him and yeah and, and take draw blood from him and then discuss, you know create an antidote for his condition and bring him in and it's it's so cool because when you go into detective mode you can like locate him flapping his wings over gotham and you could hear him scream and screech and whatnot and it's just it, it's it, it's a really clever cool idea and i actually yeah. even like how they incorporated um firefly again in this game because because I, I actually you know he, he's a pain in the ass though i had a problem because <laughs> like, he's he, his he his directionals are, are are really tricky sometimes when turning uh to he will, he'll cut down an alley or something like at the last minute and uh yeah, yeah. And you don't know if he's going he was... above or underneath and it's it's a little tricky but uh it's fun because you're pretty... basically you know he's setting <laughs> he, he's setting uh um fire ladders or fire stations on fire and i remember one of the thugs on the radio yeah, saying right. he goes who who lights fire to a fire station the other guy goes somebody with a sense of humor i guess yeah right <laughs> so when you know when you yeah. when you like extinguish the fires put them out and then he bursts through the fire station you got to chase him in the batmobile and and then that's a lot of fun too I, I like the fact that he's like flying overhead but you're chasing him in the batmobile so you know those, but with Pig, Manbad, and and Firefly, those were a lot of fun. I have to admit that they, yeah, they made yeah. they kind of made up for things that I was missing in the game. I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, and um, you know, touching on Manbad too, I thought it was really cool. The missions remind me a lot, and were kind of like an homage to. They really reminded me uh, of how you had to fight him. It was like the uh, animated series episode uh, on Leather Wings. Yeah, the first um, episode. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like Batman's like trying to like glide and is chasing him all over Gotham and trying to inject him with the the cure yeah. and everything to turn him back into Langstrom. And I liked how they did that. And um, then uh, you know while we're talking about him, I figure I should go on ahead and, and mention, uh, which is another spoiler. Uh, it was genius what they did with the whole Halloween thing too, with having him escape from his cell and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought that was awesome, and for anybody listening who didn't know about this either, uh, if you set your your clocks, uh, your PlayStation or Xbox uh, clocks and dates to uh, set it to uh, October thirty first, which is Halloween and when the game takes place, um, if you're out gliding throughout the city, uh, uh, whenever you grapple up onto a uh, rooftop randomly, Man Bat will come out and scare the crap out of you, like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the main campaign and whenever you get back to the gcpd he's gone and yeah. has escaped and uh you also get new dialogue with langstrom in the gcpd before he escapes where he effectively tells you that you know he's got to get back and uh, uh see francine and and all this stuff so that was really awesome um yeah. and I, i'm figuring they probably got some more uh date uh themed easter eggs in there as well um Mm. so i'm interested to see what else we find out as it goes yeah. 
Um, let's let's go in real quick to the main complaint uh, for everyone, especially on the feed on the Bad Force feed where we asked everyone the question. Um, and they even written articles about it all over, but we could touch up on it real quick, saying that people feel it was just too Batmobile heavy, too much Batmobile. Um, Completely agree. Yeah, I mean, all right, you have to use the Batmobile for a lot of things. A lot of complaints with other people were that. You know, you're just riding around the Batmobile all the time, and you, you can't go into that many buildings. It's mainly ground stuff, and uh, and you know, after a certain amount of tank battles, you it does. You, even for me personally, it stopped feeling like a Batman game and more like one of those futuristic warfare games. And I can it's see like that. Halo. Yeah, and and yeah. I, I'm wondering if Rocksteady at this point, trying to wrap up this trilogy, pulled The Dark Knight Rises where. <laughs> they were just no because if you think about it, um, it, it seems like it catered maybe a little less to Batman fans and a little more to the general gamer because yeah, I think I, the, agree. I think the general gamer would absolutely absolutely love this game, whereas the the hardcore Batman fan who was so spoiled with Arkham Asylum and Arkham City might be like, well, this is a little too war heavy, you know, Batman shooting cannons all the time at these tanks. It just something doesn't well. feel right about it. And what I thought would have been amazing. Is that all right? Real quick. Now, what one of the side? There's many side missions, and one of them is Two Face and his crew robbing banks. And right. what would have been great is if the classic Two Face Batman chase scene. You know, when you have to chase yeah. Two Face and his crew getting. They even made a Lego set about that. Two Lego sets about Two Face <laughs> robbing a bank and them leaving in a van, and you got to chase them in the Batmobile. That would have been really cool. You know, similar way you have to escort Gordon. To um, uh, the clock tower, I think it was right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could have done that. I, I wish. I really wish they would have did that. But yeah. But going back, the um, yeah, a lot of people complain that it, it's uh, it's just a little too Batmobile heavy. And uh, well, which, yeah. uh, I agree, it was. And like, I I would have uh, preferred to have just. It was one of my concerns early on. Whenever uh, you know, they were doing promotional stuff like. All they were talking about mainly was the Batmobile, and the Batmobile was all over everything, and they were supposed to do this collector's edition statue for the Batmobile, which fell through, of course, but I was just really concerned. I was like, they're going to make this essential in a lot of the story campaigns, Uh, you know, uh, which it was. You had to have the Batmobile a lot to advance further in the story, you know, to get on top of buildings and power up, uh, use the winch to power up something, uh, to move on, and um, I would have just liked having the regular Batmobile, like the Asylum one or something, and yes. using it for using it for like chases or something, and Absolutely. not having the whole battle, you know, yeah. stuff uh, elements to it. it. It just didn't work for me. Uh, uh, having it to get from point A to point B in chases that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but they should have just left the whole battle mode thing out. In my opinion, well, that, I think that's that the trends happen. now. If you think about, it, you had a, well in the Dark Knight trilogy, you had the Tumbler, which is pretty much a bat tank, and in this right. game, you have a bat tank, and now in Dawn of Justice, it kind of looks like a bat tank. It looks pretty diesel, you know. So I, yeah, I guess yeah. that that's just a trend that they're going now from Batmobile to bat tank. So. Maybe that's, yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing with the writing of it too. That and that's that's kind of how you know, like what your point was, where this seemed more catered to gamers and fans. And it's uh, it's really because of who's writing it. You know, Paul Dini is a comic writer. He was writing those games catered to Batman fans Absolutely. and uh, for Batman fans to enjoy it. Rocksteady 
as awesome as they are and as good as they do at gameplay, and even though I don't like a lot of this, I'll always be thankful to them for doing this trilogy that really revolutionized the superhero game uh, and stuff. But they're a gaming company. They're writing a game. They're going to write it like from a game you know, a gaming company's point of view. They're not writing it necessarily to cater to Batman fans. It's, it, you know, and that shined through in the story to me. Yeah. Uh, you could definitely tell that a comic writer didn't write the game. <laughs> well, what was it where the, um, what does the, the, Tim, the Tim Burton Batman films, what do the Tim Burton Batman films, the Christopher Nolan Batman films, and the uh, uh, Rocksteady's Arkhamverse have in common that they all should have stopped after two or something like <laughs> yeah, that? Right. It's like the third time is not a charm or something like that. That, that's that's the truth and luckily burton did st- you know stop it too because yeah. and it would have been bad because you know if you saw what they were going to do the third one they're going to have marlon waynes be rough <laughs> <laughs> you never do three in the batman universe <laughs> oh man but you know now you know we we complained about the boss the, the boss fights that was a big complaint but i will say if you get all 8,697 Riddler trophies in the game. It's <laughs> worth it because... Nah, oh, just totally kidding. Nah, what, the, nah, what was there? 243 Riddler trophies to get? Yeah, yeah, yeah 243. Now, that, it's, you know, it's a pain in the butt, but man, do it because you earn yourself probably the best boss fight in the game. You know, even though there's not that many, but um, it's, it's pretty much Batman and Catwoman versus Riddler in his mechanized suit with a bunch of Riddle bots and... Man, it is worth it. It is just it is. Awesome it was definitely fight. my favorite fight of the game. Feels I mean, that felt like it was right out of a comic, you know. It, it did. Felt, yeah. It definitely did. And I love and, when Catwoman grabs her and just punches him in the face. <laughs> it's just yeah. so great. Yeah. yeah, and that drags him out of it, and that yeah, I mean it was it it really was. And I was like, you know, that's saying something. Riddler's your best fight. <laughs> 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 yeah that's true because he wasn't really around in the first two so right yeah. right uh so so that was really cool and you know touching on i forgot to mention too because uh this was actually probably my biggest gripe in the whole game was having to do with how the batmobile kind of ruined it was what happened with deathstroke i mean I'm oh like, what my the goodness like what the hell like, all right pre- I, doing that and i was like we're gonna have this epic fight you know because the deathstroke fight in origins yeah that me, was nice it's it's still one of my favorite boss fights because it felt like a hand-to-hand encounter and it's even what i was hoping for the arkham knight fight to be i was hoping for us to fight the arkham knight in a hand-to-hand battle where they're kind of matched you know and uh to have it go down like deathstroke's in a tank and you're effectively taking out all these other drones and then you've got a head-on fight him in, in, in a tank, and, like, it's very undestro because his, his whole thing in the game is he's wanting to prove that he's just as good, if not better, than Batman, and he wants to beat him, and right. Deathstroke is a or hand-to-hand com- combatant. He's the and deadliest he's a, assassin a in the world. Yeah. yeah, I mean, him and Batman are, like, the yin and yang of each other as opposed to, like, right. yeah. Deathstroke's what Batman could be. Um, they're both master strategists, and they're both, like, the best fighters in the DC universe. Yeah. And to not have them have a hand-to-hand fight is just that was crazy. That was ridiculous. He, he just popped out of the tank, and then you, you put him in the Batmobile and take him to the pre... It, it just didn't make any sense to me. Right, he would never, like, it's not going to prove he's better than Batman if he blows him up with a tank. (laughs) (laughs) I think at this point we could say that Rocksteady pretty much had every, just about every main rogue in there, 
except for the uh-huh. ventriloquist, which is uh, yeah. really I know, heartbreaking. I <laughs> love the ventriloquist. I'm they, hoping they... I've got my fingers crossed that we get him in a DLC before it's said and done. <laughs> oh, man, I hope because I, I, I feel like he's just... I wouldn't even say underused. He's not used at all, and you need to use him because it's such an interesting character. Let's get yeah. into um, our Easter eggs and riddles. you have any favorites? One of my favorite riddles would have been, I really loved how creepy the Solomon Grundy one was. Oh, with the uh, uh, record player. Yeah. With the record player, yeah, that, that was, was really cool. It was like a baby's uh, voice or something, wasn't it? Yeah, like a little kid singing the Solomon Grundy song, and that it was really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was in there because it's where you have to take out one of the checkpoints for the Arkham Knight. <laughs> Didn't Michael you do that right? manually? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I went back there in the in the Batmobile and just I don't I don't know how I got in and just took it out in like twenty seconds, and I'm like, what? it's a quest. <laughs> Yeah, leave it to me, man. I went through in there. I like used my, uh, I used the disruptor. I like took out some of their weapons, and then I used the cryptographic sequencer <laughs> to take down one of the, uh, one of the drone things that shoots at you. And I just went in there and just whooped ass. <laughs> I think I literally just drove through it, and I'm like, oh man. I remember, Wes was like, oh man, you need you need this upgrade and that upgrade. And like, just, oh yeah, man. just need to step on the gas, man. <laughs> Yeah, I just went in there and just freaking whooped ass back in that corner, and uh, that's where I heard the uh, the Grundy riddle. Because at first I was like, "What the hell is that?" You know, yeah. and I, but I really loved that. Um, another riddle I liked was the I liked the Rachel Ghoul riddle um, yeah. that had the uh, demon logo with the knife through it. That was cool. Man. Um, and then I like the Ivy one because you get that one after she dies, and uh, it's really neat how there's a flower growing from where her shirt was left when she died. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's almost like a rebirth kind of thing. Yeah, really exactly. Like She's just part uh, of the world. I, you know, my favorite halves, one of mine easily has to be the uh, Calendar Man, the Long Halloween one. In the, oh, uh, I love that too. Oh, so good with yeah. just all the you know the calendar dates and the pumpkin, and I was like, oh, I love it. I just love it so much. <laughs> which uh, also speaking of him, which for anybody else that didn't know, we mentioned on the page a while back, uh, which was revealed uh, at the end of the game. Uh, whenever you see uh, Bruce go back to Wayne Manor to uh, when all the reporters are outside, you can actually see Calendar Man standing in the crowd out there. Uh, which was really awesome because uh, in Arkham City he told Batman he'd be there at the end uh, whenever Batman uh, came to an end and he really was. He was standing out in the crowd outside Wayne Manor so I thought that was something really cool they added in. Yeah, that was cool. Especially because it's Calendar Man. Calendar Man just screams Long Halloween to me and he's just such a weird but interesting character so that, that was cool how they incorporated him. And Right, uh, which me and you both loved uh Alfred Minchlin and the long Halloween during the uh, Professor Pig. Oh, uh, I love that. He was like, yeah, well, Alfred says awesome. something about, oh, it was a Halloween years ago. It was a rather long one or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I also yeah. like the Zatanna one that you found that I had to yeah, go back Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I loved finding uh, her shop uh, uh, downtown. Uh, I believe it was on Miyagani Island downtown uh, in like the uh, – it was in like a mall type setting. They got her shop in there, right. um, and uh, Bane's uh, riddle was really cool. Um, finding his gear inside of the container. Yeah, um, that was cool. Over in Founders Island, that was interesting. 
So many goddamn toys, mother. This is Batman Villains, aka the Trunkler. Keep that shit locked on Bad Force Radio. Actually, we forgot to go into what happens after you activate Nightfall Protocol, didn't we? In terms of we uh, did. All right, we did. Yep. You want to go? You want to tell them? Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, basically, at the end of it, um, like we were talking about with the Scarecrow ending, uh, I'll just take you from there. Uh, Red Hood saves Batman. Uh, Batman injects Scarecrow with the fear toxin, um, and Batman basically tells Gordon uh, that he appreciates all of his help and that he was there for the beginning, and now he gets to see the end, and Batman kind of walks out. And if you have all the side missions done, which I feel I should mention this too, originally, um, at the end of the game, you could have like half the side missions done, and you could activate Nightfall and get the partial ending. Um, but since they did an update, now you have to do everything, uh, even all the Riddler stuff to get the full ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't even activate Nightfall now unless you do them all, which kind of sucks for people that haven't played it yet, because yeah. some people do all the Riddler challenges. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is. Uh, and then you go up, and whenever you activate Nightfall, uh, Batman walks up and he takes off his cow uh, and kind of you know, kind of stares at it because he knows it's going to be the last time that he ever gets to go out and be Batman. And he drops it, and it's, you know, a very sad, depressing scene. And uh, he sets that explosive on the bat signal and blows it up, and then grapnels up into his into the bat wing, which also picks up the Batmobile. And uh, it shoots back over to Wayne Manor, where all the reporters are waiting outside to interview Bruce Wayne, who's just been out as Batman. Um, Batman gets out and walks up to the door where Alfred's waiting, and Alfred says, you know, asks, are you sure you want to do this? And to which Bruce replies, it's the only way I can protect them. And as he walks in and shuts the door, Wayne Manor explodes. And uh, Gotham, basically all the citizens of Gotham and the reporters believe that a supervillain put an explosive inside Wayne Manor to kill Bruce whenever he came home, but it's very obvious that Bruce detonated the, the manor himself, um, so that way everyone would believe he was dead, and then uh, Gotham could be at peace, and nobody would be trying to kill the Batman or get the Batman's attention anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in the full ending, when you do the full ending, it picks up with Gordon uh, standing on the GCPD rooftop um, talking about how Batman died, and that... Uh, he gave his life and his journey had to end so that the people of Gotham could be at peace again. Um, and then you see him get a text message from Tim Drake saying to bring the ring, which insinuates that he and Barbara are getting married. Um, and Gordon has become the mayor and we see him riding in a car, uh, to, I'm guessing to a party or something where Tim's going to propose to Barbara. And then it cuts to this couple and, uh, their child, which mirrors the Waynes, uh, walking down an alley after it looks like they've just come from, uh, the opera or a movie or something. And these two thugs cut them off in the alley and shoot the husband and, grab a pearl necklace off of the uh the uh mother 
as the kid watches in horror that his parents have been shot and killed. And uh, one of the thugs turns around and you just see him yell, hey, freak, did you not hear the news? Batman's uh, dead. Uh, We're not afraid anymore. And this dark, shadowy figure that appears to be Batman is standing on a rooftop across from him looking down. And it starts to fly up into the air and these big, giant wings spread out. And it looks like this demon Batman, almost like what uh, uh, Scarecrow saw when he looked at Batman under the of fear toxin um and it swoops down on him and that's how the game ends didn't he say something like i have to be something more i have to be something worse or something he did he did and and the way that i took this ending just given all the things uh which a lot of people disagree a a strong theory is people think that it was asriel because asriel uh, was wanting to take Bruce's place, and then the protocol at the end is called Nightfall, and they think that this is Azrael, but I respectfully disagree with it, just on the basis of Azrael has two endings, so we have no way of knowing how it really would have ended. You know, We could have either taken him to jail, or he could have went back to take on the, um, the Order of St. Dumas and... and uh, form an alliance with Batman. So I doubt that they would base an ending off of something that didn't have a clear cut ending with his storyline. Um, but anyways, at the end, the Batman that we see, I personally believe that it is still Bruce. Um, and the reason I think that is just because he tells, uh, Selena that he won't see her again after he kisses her at the end of the Riddler mission and he tells her that Batman has to die so that something darker can be born from the ashes of Batman that can protect the city Um, and to me I think that that was Bruce saying I have learned that I can't have allies I can't bring anybody else into my personal mission I'm doing because the things he was dealing with in Arkham Knight was uh, he was always having his uh, allies turned on him and used against him. Uh, you know, Penguin captured Nightwing and used him against him. The whole thing with Jason, um, Oracle being kidnapped for part of the game and threatened to be killed against him. The Riddler and capturing uh, Catwoman. Riddler capturing Catwoman. And um, I just think that Bruce wanted to be able to be Batman full-time, and by effectively killing Bruce Wayne to the public, he no longer has to be Bruce Wayne and Batman. He can be a dark Batman that is watching over Gotham 24-7. And I also think that Batman is using the fear toxin now because... At the beginning of the game, whenever we uh, uh, we have that first APC that we're chasing and we stop him and he grabs the thug whose army breaks and stuff, he takes a sample of the fear toxin off that thug and when he analyzes it, Barbara tells him that it's pure, it's a pure form of the fear toxin and it's... Uh, um, so basically there's, it's a pure sample that they could analyze to create more of it. Mm-hmm. So I think, and then Bruce pockets it. And I think that he's kept that and he's created more of the fear toxin because if he uses that, people are going to think that Batman's this demon specter that's watching over the night that's been born from the death of the original Batman and that he'll always watch over the city so effectively he's not a man anymore mm, that's a and, good theory I could see that happening you know what else yeah. would be kind of cool too is if what? 
the Joker virus actually did take over a good chunk of him, but he functioned with it. Like I think that would yeah, be interesting. Yeah, that, that would be cool too because then he would be darker and uh, you know um uh, when I brought up that theory, too, uh, a lot of people, you know, of course, said, which I completely understand, was that Bruce would never use the fear toxin because it's too unpredictable and all this and everything, which that is true. But I also like to reference The Dark Knight Returns in this in- instance because when Bruce came back and he's going to take on Two-Face in The Dark Knight Returns, he th- uses a, uh, <clears throat> a smoke bomb. It looks like a smoke bomb type thing to fight the thugs on the roof. And the last one sees him as a demon bat. Right. And it's because he used some of Crane's modified fear toxin. Mm. And he tells the thug, you know, oh, you'll be fine. It'll wear off in, you know, 10, 15 minutes, something like that. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's used it before, and I think that he could definitely do it now. And it would also be an homage to The Dark Knight Returns to have him come back much darker and much more brutal and um so that's how i'm taking the it, it would also be a nod to batman be- the batman begins movie where they they right. release some and then you see batman gliding over you know all the inmates look up and see batman gliding all over pretty much the same image as that bat demon with the right yeah. right and uh you know he and alfred could be set up underground now somewhere like at the end of the dark Knight returns where uh, batman goes underground with the uh, sons of batman and oliver queen and stuff like that uh he could be doing that and just not having contact with selena or dick or jason or any of them anymore and he's just kind of doing his own thing yeah. um yeah. but yeah yeah it's um arkham knight I mean, gameplay is good. the The combat is great. The moves and the upgrades and the gadgets. It's uh, what what do you see, Batman's uh role in video games from here on out though? Uh, that that is a good question. I have they can't um, stop. I mean, you know. I know. I mean, it makes too much money. I mean, Warner Brothers isn't gonna let that stop. Uh, obviously. Uh, my biggest question though is if uh, will they go for a sequel to Origins to tell more of the story before Arkham Asylum? You know, it'd be awesome to get a game after Origins that goes around the long Halloween or uh, you know something like that. Maybe delves into when Batman first meets Rachel Ghoul. That would be fun. Mm. Um, something like that. Or another thing I'm wondering is if they'll branch out into like a Justice League or like a world's finest game with maybe Superman and Batman or, um, you know, kind of explore that. Or they may just completely start a whole new Batman franchise um, Mm. that doesn't center around Arkham or any of its continuity, which I myself would like to get a Batman game uh, at some point uh, that spans more than just a night. I would like to have a Batman game that spans even just a week or something like that because when they do that, we can get a longer campaign and and uh, all that stuff and and you could do longer storylines like the Long Halloween, for instance, or <laughs> yeah, or something like Hush or something, you know, where you're investigating for days at a time trying to solve what's going on. I think that'd be interesting too. Yeah, man. So you you heard it from the man himself, Arkham Inmate 0801. <laughs> AKA, AKA the, the Arkham Monster of the Bat Force, man. So that's going to do it for this episode of Bat Force Radio where we broke down the Arkham Knight video game. And if you're a Batman fan, then you're probably definitely going to 
played this game eventually in your lifetime. Um, it has its good points and bad points, but definitely a fun ride all in all. So uh, definitely hit us up over on the Bad Force on Instagram and the underscore Bad Force over on Twitter. Hope all is well, friends. Until next time.